0: Hello, this is No Bones About Wrestling. I'm your host, Asa, along with K Fabulous. Hey. And this is your Ring of Honor report for March 2nd, 2023, uh, taped from Orlando, Florida in Sunshine State. This was the first Ring of Honor TV show since Tony Khan bought the company, they've done, I think, three pay-per-views. I could be wrong about that, but I think they've done three pay-per-views, and this was their first weekly TV show, so let's see how it went. Uh, Slim Jay, starting us off, accompanied by Smart Mark Sterling and Ari Devari taking on Mark Briscoe, who recently lost his brother Jay in a car accident. Uh, Mark Briscoe, still one half of the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, they have not announced uh, what they're going to do with the belts or or anything uh, since Jay Briscoe died. So we'll see what they do there. Uh, this was, it, it wasn't a short squash match, but it was pretty much a squash match. Mark Briscoe took his innovative offense to Slim Jay. Slim Jay had no answer for much of anything. Mark Briscoe broke out the Rudneck Kung Fu, you know, the with the hayahs and the and that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's pretty good Mark. that he does. Uh, I find that pretty funny. Uh so he broke that out quite a bit. The crowd seemed to enjoy him as as most crowds do. Uh, Mark Briscoe won it following a J-Driller, which is a sort of double underhook pile driver move. Uh, I gave this match three and a half bones. Uh, Kay, what did you think about the opening contest for Ring of Honor?
1: I thought it was a fantastic way to start the show. Mm-hmm. Um, There are a lot of matches on this show, and I think that this, after having seen the entire show, I think this was a good choice for the start, especially. The crowd was super into it right away um there's a quote from one of the announcers first of all this announce team oh yeah
0: they were great they might
1: be my new favorite announce team like nothing against shivani and and jim ross who are also like legends and wonderful but the announcers did a great job giving background at appropriate times especially considering this was the first television show that they've had in a while Mm -hmm. um so people like me uh i've never seen a ring of honor show in its entirety and so getting the background on the wrestlers but also talking about like how ring of honor kind of works and it's like Mm -hmm. uh, with the handshaking and and stuff um
0: yeah if you don't know ring of honor they they uh the wrestlers have to shake hands before and after the match that's part of being honorable
1: yeah i thought that was interesting um and one of the announcers uh had a had a quote that i i wrote down uh in this match he said uh you can train how to fight regular wrestlers but you can't train on how to fight mark briscoe and i thought that was very very apt um and so he
0: definitely has his own style yeah that's for sure as
1: far as slim J goes i found um his selling to be borderline ridiculous at times uh like drunk cartoon character kind of selling at hmm. moments. Um, not throughout, just like brief glimpses of it, but it was enough for me to be like, what is he doing? Um, What's that
0: stable there? In, the Trust Busters? The Trust Busters, right, yeah. Okay. And
1: there is one moment... With, They're
0: in AEW also. Yes,
1: yeah. There is one moment with Slim, Slim Jay that I really loved. He was, quote-unquote, helping the ref with his gloves when s- someone started bleeding. And by helping the ref with his gloves, he was distracting the ref so that uh, smart Mark Sterling and Ari could attack Mark Briscoe. Um, and I thought that was just a really clever ruse, like instead of arguing with the ref, like, oh, here, let me help you with these gloves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it was such a ridiculous thing, but I, I found, found that quite enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I really, I loved this match. I love Mark Briscoe. I love redneck kung fu. I um, so I was, I was super into it.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, uh, great opening match. Uh, as I said, Mark Briscoe now seemed to be taking off as a singles wrestler, and we will see what they do with the tag team titles. I'm guessing they'll go vacant and we'll have a tournament. Maybe they'll just let them pick a new partner. I I don't know. Time will tell. But uh, whatever they do, I think they should do it soon so they can establish their tag team division. Up next, we had a promo from Tony Deppin. He said that next week he'll defeat Samoa Joe, either by the STF or the Chicken Wing. He also said he knows all of Joe's weak points, and he'll be the czar of Ring of Honor. Uh, the strange thing about this promo, he read it off of a piece of paper. Now, I am we're both new to Ring of Honor, so some of these wrestlers, this is the first time we've seen them. I don't know if Tony De- Deppen is supposed to be border- borderline illiterate. Uh, I don't know what the gimmick is, or if he just enjoys reading things off of paper. I'm not sure what the gimmick or the joke was, but whatever it was, it didn't it didn't land. It didn't register with me. Uh, so maybe mm. I'm the dumb one.
1: Well, my one comment to this was, this is not good <laughs> because well, of the reading off the paper. Well, I think That's... it was
0: supposed to be awkward. Yeah, uh, it, it I succeeded
1: I in being awkward, but yeah. I don't understand. Entertaining, yeah. entertaining,
0: yeah. or funny, or yeah. anything. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. But uh, he's gonna get his ass beat by Samoa Joe. I think uh, it's the conclusion. <laughs> uh, up next, we had the Kingdom, uh, which was uh, Mike Bennett and Matt Taven, and they fought the Infantry, the team of Captain Sean Dean and Charlie Bravo and the kingdom were accompanied by maria canellis uh, Ma- excuse me maria Canellis bennett who was mike bennett's wife uh so this one had uh some back and forth action a bit more than the uh, than the opening contest and this match the kingdom won when mike bennett he pinned charlie bravo following a double team move That I swear they called it the proton pack.
1: They did, and I even rewound it to rewatch that. Did you see what it was? They put one of them on their backs like a like like a proton pack. Yeah, and then the other one like jumps and like hits him, and it it was very cool. I yeah, I was very excited about it.
0: The other one jumps and hits him. Well, like
1: so, he puts him on his back and he holds his head like where you would pull out the the
0: The neutrona wand. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so he like holding him in his head and then the other guy jumps off the ropes and like hits him in his head and he flips him.
0: Yeah, okay. I don't
1: know. Sorry, that's not a great description. No, but,
0: but I couldn't I couldn't remember exactly yeah. what it was, but I had written down the proton and I re- I rewound it like four times yeah. to make sure did I just hear the proton pack? So that's pretty cool. Um that was my biggest note from this match. Pretty good tag team match here. Gave it three and a half bones out of five. Uh, Kay, what are your notes on on the infantry's loss to the kingdom?
1: Well, my first note is that I think it's super cool that the infantry are actually both veterans. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um, Sean
0: Dean and Charlie Bravo, yeah. Both served our country, correct?
1: And they sort of incorporated that, like, military... I don't know what it's called, but, like, the military style of, like when they, like, snap to attention and, like, turn, you know, but it's very, like, rigid and regimented. Uh-huh. They had some of that built into their tag tag moves, uh, uh-huh. which I thought was a clever way to sort of, like, nod their, their theme or whatever, their uh, gimmick. Um, uh-huh. So I thought that was cool. I, of course, had a note about the Proton Pack as well. Um, and then I had a question. So they mentioned with um, the Kingdom that... Something was clear with their Boston strong style. Is there a difference between Boston strong style and regular strong style, or is just one of the kingdom from Boston? I think they they just
0: said that I've never heard of Boston strong style before
1: before either. And so I, but I thought maybe I was just something uh, that I just hadn't heard before. Um,
0: I think they're just from Boston. I mean, it could be a thing, but I've never heard of it before either. So.
1: Um, and then my other notes, there was a really good double hot tag, which I normally do not like those because I think they're like too synchronized and like cheesy, but this one was like an actual believable double hot tag. Mm. Like it looked like they just happened to get there at the same time. And I really appreciated that. Um, and then my last note, uh, that infantry had really good rapid tag flow. Once they got the kingdom in the corner, like you could tell that these weren't two independent wrestler or individual wrestlers that they put into a tag team. Like right. these are two tag team Partners. wrestlers. Yeah. Partners,
0: yeah. Yeah. I love tag team wrestling. Uh, When it's good, it's a lot of fun. It's one of those things it's, you know, I th- I've expressed this before. I don't think I have on the podcast. You know, when you have a good tag team match, you have moves, you know, you can do all the one-on-one moves, of course, But then also, you can obviously do double team moves. Mm -hmm. Um, It just opens the possibilities up in the match for what you're going to see. And then also, the built in drama of can he make it to the corner? Will they stop him from making it to his corner? At what point will he make it to his corner? How tired is the guy in the ring versus the Mm -hmm. guy out of the ring? Uh, Who needs to be in there for which matchup, you know, Mm dependent upon which opponent is in the ring? All all of these factors uh, that are not present in a singles contest yeah. are present in tag team wrestling. Part of why I've always found it so fun, so mm-hmm. so interesting. Uh, but like I said, more more so than anything else, it's just fun. Uh, adding more layers to a wrestling match makes it more fun.
1: And it lets you do a move like the proton pack, which right. I happen to have made a note of now that I'm looking at my notes, where it is a kick to the head oh, of, of the opponents. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, good uh good and, match.
1: And they signaled for the tag like that they want they're going after the kingdom, signaled that the did the I'm going after the belts move. Yeah. So they must be making an announcement soon, I would think, of what I hope they're so. gonna do with those. I hope so.
0: I mean I'm not for you know, not necessarily for them taking it off Mark Briscoe with his brother dying, you know, yeah. it's pretty sad, but uh, we need to get the tag division going, so at least let him pick another partner. Let's get it going. Let's make some decision on the titles is mm-hmm. is what I want. Uh, yeah. I'm not necessarily saying let's strip him. I'm saying let's let's get going with this. Figure out something. You don't need just one person holding the tag titles. It's, it's pointless and silly. So hopefully they'll... I wonder, you know, he did, I haven't seen him... Too chummy with anyone. I wonder who he would choose as a partner Um, in AEW, you know?
1: Well, the person that comes to mind for me, which is... I is wonder does, if it's going to come his?
0: to be the same person.
1: Jay Lethal?
0: No, that's not who came to mind. Okay.
1: So who came Jay to Lethal's
0: mind? not in Ring of Honor.
1: No, you said AEW, though. Did I? You did.
0: Oh. <laughs> Ring of Honor is what I'm in. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Who he would choose in Ring of Honor... To be a tag team partner. Oh, uh, okay.
1: Well, then I don't
0: know. Well, it spoils the end of the show, so I don't want to say it just yet. Oh,
1: uh, okay. Okay, well, we can talk about it at the
0: end. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways. Uh, so, up next, we had... Uh, we had a couple quick promos leading into our next match, which was terrific. Uh, Blake Christian said that he is going to make a moment in Ring of Honor, and he's going to win the belt, the belt to which he was referring, the New Japan World Television Championship. The man who holds it, Zack Sabre Jr., one of the best wrestlers in the world. And in his promo, he said, Rejoice, cretins, rejoice. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr., a Brit, and a very uppity one at that. Uh, Thinks he's better than people. But, I mean, after seeing him, uh, seeing him wrestle man is he I've heard of him I've heard many good things I had never seen him wrestle I had never sought out any of his matches and holy shit is this guy good did he deliver Uh, not just Zack Sabre Jr did he deliver but Blake Christian who I've never heard of before Um, as I said we're not we're not familiar with Ring of Honor we might be learning these guys along with you if it's your first time in Ring of Honor uh, fandom. Blake Christian, he could be anybody for for all I know, but he put on a hell of a match. One of the best matches I've seen this year. Uh, it was a terrific match. I, and I'll tell you something, one of the things that came off the most, the crowd in Orlando, they're taping at Universal Studios, Florida. The crowd did not appreciate this match because they were staring at at greatness. And whatever the, the hell was going on with them I I don't know, because they saw a great fucking match here. Uh, this one, Zack Sabre Jr., he won uh, by submission after putting Christian in uh, this type of leg uh, and arm lock at once. And this match, as I said before, terrific. Five bones out of five. Nice chain wrestling. Uh, reversed move into reversed move. Um, the styles were good. You had a little high-flying and a lot of technical wrestling. I cannot say enough good about this. I will be seeking out more Zack Sabre Jr. matches to watch. And for that matter, I'm going to seek out some some more Blake Christian uh, matches to watch. Because, holy cow, did these guys put it on. This was the best match uh, on Ring of Honor uh, this week. And, uh... If we're gonna see wrestling like this on Ring of Honor, it's gonna be my new favorite show. Uh Kay, what did you what did you think about this one?
1: Um, I love it. My last note is awesome, awesome, awesome match. Mm-hmm. Um I agree with you. It was definitely the match of the night. Um, if not the match of the week. Um one thing that uh, you didn't mention is that it's, it's, well, I don't
0: know about Match of the Week. We did have the Revolution pay-per-view. Well, view. I'm not,
1: that's the Sunday. I'm not counting that. That's the That's the, next, the last that, day of
0: the week. No, Sunday. The,
1: Sunday's the first day of the week.
0: Sunday's the weekend. I uh,
1: consider it the beginning
0: of the week. Saturday and Sunday are the weekend. Yeah,
1: but if you look at a calendar, it's... Fuck anyway, that. Anyway, no, and- I've
0: never bought that shit. <laughs> the weekend, Saturday okay, and I'm, Sunday.
1: I won't count it as the Match of the Week, then, if you're including Sunday. Um, yeah. But, uh... One thing you didn't mention is that with this belt, um, and I guess it's part of the rules of the belt, that it's a 15-minute time limit for right, the match, right. um, which I actually really liked. I feel like they it it sort of forced them to really, like, rush things. Like, like he was determined, like, it, I'm going
0: to... It gives an air of uh, immediacy. Yes, thank yeah. you, yeah. They weren't rushing Not, things. Yeah, it it gives mean, an it, air of immediacy. Yeah, I, knew rushing, yeah. I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant.
1: Um, I thought the commentators did a fantastic job describing the different mentality and psychology in a 15-minute time limit match, um, which I appreciated because it's the first one that I had seen. Um, Most of my notes are talking about how fantastic uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is. I want to
0: make one note just before you you continue. So WCW, when they had their world television title, they also used to have a 15-minute time limit. It's been certain federations, when they put a TV title in, that's the idea. The matches are quote-unquote for TV.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: they have a shortened time limit rather than what fans were used to back in the day was your heavyweight title matches having an hour time limit Mm -hmm. and often going an hour if you had two strong competitors. So the TV title was put in so that it could be guaranteed a shorter match, and then of course sometimes you get a heel champion, and who I'm thinking of is Lord Steven Regal in WCW. You get a heel champion who wants to use that time limit and go for the draw and just just you know ease ease the match on to its time limit so they can keep their belt, mm-hmm. uh, which is another nice era strategy uh, just for for specific belts like the new japan world television or the wcw Mm -hmm. world television here go ahead i want to hear what Uh, what you had to say about this um
1: i thought that saber had a fantastic series of submission moves at the very beginning of the match um the match seemed kind of one-sided not in a bad way but uh at the beginning um and not to go on and on about the commentators but uh them talking about what moves a wrestler could do to try and break the current hold they were in, I thought was a really nice touch. Like it made it seem more like a real sport yeah. where, where commentators would talk about like what plays coaches should call. You know, I felt it was kind of like that.
0: Um, yeah. The commentators can't be said enough how great they were on yeah. this show. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, And Saber had such varied submission moves. Like, I think he had more, more submission moves than I have seen a wrestler have. Like, he just kept pulling them out. And he s- transitioned so smoothly from one to another without relenting. Like, there wasn't a release mm-hmm. between the submission moves. It was just, like, one smoothly getting bent into the next one. Yeah, yeah. Um, And yeah. I, I have another quote from the commentators, which is, no one transitions like Sabre, and I completely agree. Um, yeah. He
0: really put on a terrific performance here.
1: Yeah, and I mean... Christian, and this is
0: probably the well, this is his biggest match he's ever had. Excuse me, in the states, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for sure. Yeah, because I he hasn't been on AEW, hasn't been on WWE, so this with the Ring of Honor, you know, he's I know he's a big star in Japan, but I I also can tell you most American fans have never heard of the guy. Mm -hmm. So this is his biggest match in the states, and it, it he brought it here.
1: Yeah, and just um, just to highlight a counter by Christian, just because I feel like I need to recognize that he was good and in the match also. Mm-hmm. Um, just when I thought he was, like, done for, uh, he caught a lariat and turned it into a Spanish fly, which I thought was brilliant and really well done. Um, yeah, my, I remember that. My only other note is the New Japan TV title... Belt is ugly. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a good looking belt.
0: Yeah, it's just a golden rectangle, basically, with it's words like it's on three
1: it. Three golden rectangles. Because yeah. it's got the center rectangles and then two. Ex- well, it's it's not not a good belt. not a good belt. Yeah, those are my thoughts on that match.
0: Yeah, terrific match. As I said, five bones out of five. Yeah, for sure. Terrific match. Uh, up next, Mark Sterling was with Ari Divari. We saw him again. Uh, talking to Konosuke Takeshita about his match with Josh Woods, uh, Mark Sterling, Mark Sterling, excuse me, wanted to cancel the match and split the purse. Tried to get Takeshita to sign a contract to this effect. Takeshita took the contract and ripped it up. Sterling then said, "It's the biggest mistake of your life." Up next, we had a Christopher Daniels promo. He says that he's done a lot, but even past the age of 50, there's more he wants to do. So say your prayers. And up next, we had the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. First time I've seen him wrestle under that moniker in, in years. He took on Rahit Raju, accompanied by Jora Joel, or Joel, perhaps. And this was a, a, a good match as well. Uh, I think it was kind of a coming out party for Rohit Raju. I could be wrong about that, but Daniels I know is has kind of taken the the role of, of trainer, road agent nowadays, uh, but this one, perhaps Christopher Daniels is going to make a run in this new ring of honor as he, he got the win following the best moonsault ever. That is what the move is called. I'm not saying he had the best <laughs> moonsault ever. That's the name of the move. It's a very good moonsault, but it's not the best moon salt ever. Uh, this match, I gave three and a half bones out of five. Kay, what did you think about Christopher Daniels' win here?
1: Um, I enjoyed this match. I think this match following the last match was a hard match to follow. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, they did a good job of putting some stuff between it to kind of break it up. But um, I thought Daniels was imp- had impressive speed for his age. Mm, um, oh, yeah. I think it's a hard, like I said, it's hard to follow that last match. Um, and then my other notes are best moon salt ever. Is it though? <laughs> um, it's a cool move and cool move name. Not the best though. Um, and then I had a question. So at the end of this, so match, who has
0: the best moon salt ever?
1: I, I don't, I'm I'm not qualified to to say that. I don't think.
0: Who um, has the best moon salt you've seen? How about that?
1: I like Charlotte Flair's moonsault. She gets ridiculous height on it, and she is like... like a swan diving through the air. Like, I think that she just does a beautiful moonsault. So I'm gonna go with Charlotte Flair. I you. Gotcha. What about you? Who's your best moonsault?
0: I'll mention one. It's not the most graceful, but just on, on pure recklessness. Terry Funk, who I've seen past the age... So speaking of guys past the age of 50... Terry Funk, uh, past the age of 50, was still moonsaulting and moonsaulting, you know, on through tables and shit like that in <laughs> ECW. And it it's not graceful, uh, nothing like that. He just flings himself in a backwards flip through the air, hoping he takes out his opponent <laughs> before he injures himself. Uh, so I'm going to give that one honorable mention. mm mm-hmm. uh, I want to give another one honorable mention for the same kind of reason, just it's noteworthy. Big Van Vader. Just the fact that a 400-plus pound man could do a moonsault. Very impressive. Uh, if you you listen to me, you'll know he's one of my favorite wrestlers ever. He's one of the best big men ever. Uh, big Van Vader moonsault. As far as grace, I'm going to have to... I'm gonna have to think on it. I'm gonna have to okay. think on it. Okay, uh, we might get back to that conversation. <laughs>
1: um, but so my question about this match. Yeah. So the code of honor. Mm-hmm. It, what happens if they don't adhere to the code of honor? Because they cut off your hand. You're such a liar. Well, <laughs> Rohit at the end did not. He would. He did not shake Christopher Daniels' hands at the end, hand at the end of uh-huh. this match. He refused. So like, are they fined? Like if you.
0: Like, I have no idea. Yell at
1: the ref in the NBA or whatever. You know, like I mean, is there like a punishment? Are you not? Are you banned for a week? Like, what's the? That's what's a great deal question. I have
0: no idea. Okay. I have no idea. They made no mention of any penalty.
1: No, they just they just pointed out that he was refusing to adhere to it, and so, so I didn't know.
0: No idea. What that meant exactly? We will we will find out though.
1: Okay.
0: Um. Up next was a promo for the Supercard of Honor event coming up on March 31st. This will be the first, of course, this will be the first uh, Supercard with them having a television show. It will be nice to see how they build to that. Did you notice who was in the ad? Uh, I
1: didn't notice who was in the ad. My man. Oh, oh, Dalton okay. Dalton Castle. Dalton was Castle. In the ad. I did notice he yes. was in the ad. Yeah. yeah.
0: I love Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle and the boys. They were not on this week's Ring of Honor, but I believe
1: they're be awesome next Saturday. week
0: on the March 9th show, yeah. they will be there. And it's going to be uh, spectacular, I'm sure. Uh, up next, we had the professional Rhett Titus and hot sauce Tracy Williams. And they said that they're going to restore honor to Ring of Honor. We then heard from Aussie Open And they said that they're the best in the world, and they challenge Rhett Titus and Tracy Williams to a tag team match next week, March 9th. Aussie Open, very good tag team. Look forward to that. I don't know anything about Rhett Titus and Tracy Williams, so we'll see if they're good. But I can tell you Aussie Open are good. Up next, we had uh, AEW Stars fighting. I'm not sure if they're... Moving to Ring of Honor exclusively, or if they're going to do both, or what the deal is. Uh, But we saw Kanosuke Takeshita, one of my favorites, taking on Josh Woods of the Varsity Athletes. And he was accompanied by smart Mark Sterling. Uh, This match was a good back and forth. Uh, Two big guys. And Takeshita, he is deceptively large. Um. you, you look at them, the first thing you think isn't, that's a big guy. Josh Woods, the first thing you think is, look at that's a big dude. But once you see them together, they're about the same size. Josh Woods a bit more muscular, but they're about the same size. And I'm mentioning the their similarity of size because there was a spot here where they just took turns running off the ropes into each other, just daring the other one, give me your best shot, run off the ropes, come into me, uh you know run into me let's see let's see what you got and neither of them really gave an inch neither one of them fell um uh, uh, very evenly matched and it was it was a cool spot Uh Tekeshta, he won this match over woods after a wheelbarrow bridging german suplex which was very impressive so josh woods was on the mat uh Tekeshta takes him from a a lying prone position up into the air over himself backwards and holds it for the pinfall with his own shoulders, of course, arched over the canvas. So he's not touching the canvas. Very impressive finishing move by Takeshta. I gave this match four bones out of five best performance I've seen from Josh Woods before. Um, pretty entertaining match between these two big guys Kay, what do you think
1: um well first of all i don't know if you knew, th- knew this but uh Takeshi's on dark tonight so i don't think he's switching to ring of honor permanently because mm-hmm. he's been i think he was on AEW on friday maybe and then again he was on tonight so hopefully that means he's gonna go back and forth between the two because i would be sad if i saw him disappear from AEW. um just because I feel like
0: there's lots of good opponents. I'd like to see, I tell you, and I feel like, I hear what you're saying, how he's got good good opponents. May, so maybe he's a guy who doesn't need to make the move. I would like to see them build separate identities, though. I would like to see the AEW mm-hmm. guys be the AEW guys and the Ring of Honor guys be the Ring of Honor guys. I'd like to see these two promotions build separate identities instead of sharing so many wrestlers and just I, I think it would be i think it would be good for both brands that the fans now we're hardcore fans we watch every show we do we do a podcast about it we read the news we know who they are mm-hmm. we, we can keep it straight but with guys going back and forth every week you know and maybe they're in one storyline on this show they're in one storyline on that show It has to be harder for the casual fan, which is the majority of wrestling fans, has to be harder for them to keep track of what in the world is going on. And I think it would do both shows a favor if they kept separate rosters.
1: I disagree, but only a little bit. So I think having like core groups of these are our wrestlers on this show, these are our wrestlers on that show is a good idea. But I think they need those floaters between... To get the AEW audience to engage in Ring of Honor and to get the Ring of Honor audience to continue to engage in AEW. You know, because they want people to continue to, to subscribe and get new, new subscribers.
0: Speaking to the Ring subscribers, of subscribers, yeah. we'd go off on a tangent. The Honor Club, they said there's only 12,000 subscribers. So we're part of a very exclusive group that I got <laughs> for their sake. I hope that grows. Yeah. Because I don't know how much, uh, I'm sure it's easily findable. I'm not. I don't know how much he paid for Ring of Honor, or for that matter, how much he's paying these wrestlers. But Lord, with only 1, subscri- twelve hundred subscriber, twelve thousand subscribers, at uh, what was it ten bucks a month, doesn't equal out to a whole lot.
1: Yeah. Well, I think once they have a pay per view again, now that this exists, like with the television show, also, like as pay per views included, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I think
1: I think I think that will help more people subscribe because, like at AEW, you have to pay fifty bucks to see a pay per view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So the idea of like ten dollars a month plus you get this extra TV show mm-hmm. weekly, I think I think more people will jump on board. I'm anyway, so. Sorry. I'll I tell you, if to... word
0: gets out about the quality of this first show, it'll yeah, no, jump that's... like fucking crazy. Because <laughs> this first show, we haven't even gotten
1: mm-hmm. to it
0: really. But I mean, you've you've heard the ratings we've been given. Things very high. I mean, if the if the quality stays up, any wrestling fan who doesn't subscribe to Honor Club will be stupid. Uh, because <laughs> yeah. these, I mean, it's I've already gotten a ten dollars worth just from this show. Was so mm-hmm. it was good enough.
1: Yeah,
0: I agree. Um, but go ahead. What were you sorry, saying? I was going to say
1: let's get back to the match because uh, well, you
0: were so we were talking about separate rosters.
1: Well, I was just going to say to. Took- to have like some that that will cross between. Like like have separate rosters, but then have a few floaters mm-hmm.
0: to yeah. get
1: to get the audiences to want to engage in the other company, you know?
0: But maybe not call them floaters. Well
1: don't it's call it them floaters,
0: no. It's kinda gross. <laughs>
1: what else you would call it but okay um so back to the match with joshua woods and Takeshita. Uh-huh. um so i thought at the beginning of the match they seemed fairly equally matched uh-huh. um at one point uh woods did this like imp- impressive display of strength where he deadlifted Takeshita off the ropes um and that's a big dude like you were saying Takeshta's like way taller than i thought he was and uh-huh. just beefier um there's a point where Takeshita plants wood on the apron, and it looked so good and just, like, brutal. Um, and then my last note is how awesome that pin was by Takeshita. Yeah, um, the the, very, winning pin, yeah, the winning pin, you mean. Yeah, the winning pin, yeah. Yeah, it was very neat.
0: Yeah, cool match, good match. Uh, up next, we saw our Ring of Honor World Champion, Claudio Castagnoli, who, of course, heavily featured in AEW. Uh, Castagnoli spoke about how Top Flight cost him money in AEW when they won the uh, it was like a, a battle royal back on on uh, back around Christmas time, and the winner got what was it like three hundred thousand dollars or yeah. something, uh, and he he talked about how Top Flight cost him money in AEW, but the result will not be the same here. Up next we had a six man non title match. We had the six-man champion team, Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony. Uh, they're called the Embassy. They were accompanied by Prince Nana. And they took on Joe Keys, Rex Lawless, and LSG. And the champions, the Embassy, they took it to their opponents before the bell, and it only continued after the bell. They crushed Keys, Lawless, and LSG. And uh, at one point, the Gates of Agony... They picked up LSG, they tossed him to Brian Cage, who caught him out of the air for a sit-out power bomb and the pinfall. This was a, a squash match. Uh, Keys, Lawless, and LSG never had a chance against the embassy. Uh, three and a half bones. I still gave it. It was, it was good uh, for as long as it lasted. And the, the offense of Brian Cage on display was pretty impressive. Okay, what do you have to say about this six man squash?
1: Um, so I thought Toa is that who you say his name Toa from the Gates of Agony. Oh,
0: I didn't catch their individual names. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So I
1: think his name's Toa. It's T O A. Um, I thought he was like a force to be reckoned with in this match. Um, I was digging the overall display of strength by the Embassy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then my last note is that it was a fast match.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about not all there was not to it. Powerful was, and fast, yeah. they they beat them. Yeah. Uh, up next, one of the coolest uh, appearances uh, we saw in Ring of Honor this week was Metalik, formerly known in WWE as Grand Metalik, uh, the King of the Ropes, as he's called for the way he can dazzle not only off the ropes but uh, on them, walking. Traveling on, along the ropes, jumping on and off the ropes. Just amazing. And Metalik, he faced Ari Davari, who was accompanied by Smart Mark Sterling and Slim Jay. In this match, Slim Jay interfered throughout. And the referee, I suppose, had other things on his mind. Because Slim Jay interfered quite a bit. Uh, however, Metalik, he was flung into the ropes. He came off... Uh, bounced off with an arm drag that he gave to Daivari. That was a very impressive move. And as I said, Metalik does this thing where he he jumps, he runs, and he jumps onto the ropes and using his feet, obviously, um, he spins on the ropes. He spins around while uh, going, while while traveling from one rope to the other. He jumps His feet land on the middle rope. He then places his opposite foot on a different part of the middle rope, and this is in the corner of the ring, And to give a spinning effect. And he can also do it as far as he'll plant his feet on the middle rope and then climb up to the top rope from there. And he does this throughout the match with ease, Looks like a circus performer in there. Mm-hmm, the the way that he yeah. goes on and off the ropes adds a lot to to his performance. Uh, Metalik hit a big senton off of the top to the outside on Daivari. A hard landing. looked looked to be a little shaken up after it. Uh, Slim J interfered near the end of the match. Uh, it backfired into a clothesline by Metalik. It got a two count. And then Davari hit in trust we bust, which was a modified clothesline line for the three count. In the in the week's most undeserving win, Ari Davari <laughs> got a win over Metalik here. Who, given the proper opportunities, could be a superstar. Mm-hmm. I don't know what person would not marvel at the things Metalik can do in the ring. Why he wasn't a bigger star in WWE, well, you often uh, don't see uh, the masked wrestlers get uh, get used properly. Rey Mysterio is the exception that proves the rule. Uh, WWE off, uh, often has not known what to do with masked wrestlers. You would think Tony Khan and Ring of Honor would, would better know uh, and see the superstar potential in metal i mean he's like a damn superhero in the ring mm-hmm. and instead daivari got the win here and i was shaking my head at that one i still gave this match four bones out of five very fun match to watch Kay, what did you think about metal debut in ring of honor
1: so again i was like you sort of blown away by his rope work um just unbelievably impressive and then my only other note for this match is that Metalik was robbed. Um, Ari did not get much offense in like right, throughout yeah. the entire match. And just all of a sudden, for someone who pulled a win, like it was like out of nowhere.
0: Yeah,
1: it was like almost like the first offensive move he did is what got him the win. Which, I yeah, Metalik was robbed in this match. He he put on such a show, and then to lose to Ari Davari. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just it was a waste.
0: Yeah, well, maybe they have plans for Daivari, but...
1: I don't care about plans for Daivari. I want plans for, <laughs> for Metalik.
0: I agree. But Daivari has been a bit of a jobber in AEW. Maybe they have plans for him in Ring of Honor. I don't know. But wake up and smell the coffee, Tony Khan. <laughs> Metalik is the shit. Yes. That's that's my, what I have to say.
1: I agree.
0: Man is talented. Uh, speaking of talented men, we had an AR Fox uh, promo up next. He said that ten years ago, he came for a Ring of Honor tryout, and whatever happened, he wasn't invited back. And look at him now. He is main eventing this evening for the Ring of Honor world title. Just to show you what hard work and perseverance can do. Up next, our first women's match of the night. We had the Renegades, Charlotte and Robin, up against the team of Sky Blue and Madison Rain. And in this one, Sky Blue is a a rookie, as I understand it. Madison Rain is a veteran. And I tell you, Sky Blue looked a lot better than Madison Rain did. Madison Rain's offense looked goofy, ill-timed, just not smooth. Sky Blue, her stuff looked much better. She did look a bit green, but I will say her offense looked a bit better than her her partner's. Um, Sky Blue hit... Uh, The move Skyfall on Charlotte of the Renegades for the pinfall uh, gave this match three and a half bones out of five. It was a pretty uh, enjoyable, if by the numbers, women's tag team match. Uh, Kay, uh, any notes on this uh, Sky Blue and Madison Rain win over the Renegades?
1: Yeah, um, so I thought uh, there was a really good sequence by Sky Blue with a good use of the ropes where she used them to dodge and then roll up Robin into a pin. Um, like, I've seen lots of people use the ropes for offensive moves, but mm-hmm. to use them as, like, a means of escape, mm-hmm. other than, like, grabbing it for a rough to, like, call it a break, you know? Um, I thought that was a really sort of inventive use of the ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like there was some good tag work from both teams. Yeah. And just a note about Sky Blue, I mean, I agree with you that she looked like she had more experience than Madison Reign, even though that wasn't the case. Um, but I was really impressed with her in this match. We saw her a few weeks ago uh, in AEW, and just the amount of growth from a few weeks ago to this match, I don't know if it was maybe the opponents or if she's just been really putting work in, but mm-hmm. she was like almost like a different wrestler. Like I, I was very impressed with her in this match. Whereas I, the last one, I was like, ooh, this is not, yeah, not I going definitely well. Yeah,
0: it was whatever the case. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I thought more of her this time singer than the first time. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And I
1: thought that this was the better of the two women's matches um, this night, you know? Because the next match that we're going to talk about is a women's match also. Yeah.
0: This no, was, it this was. This was the, my
1: preferred women's match.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, uh, Up next, we had a Dalton Castle promo. Uh, the Peacock himself will grace Ring of Honor with his presence March 9th. And the boys. The, the Peacock and the boys, excuse me. Yes. Dalton Castle and his boys will be on the March 9th Ring of Honor, and I cannot wait. If you've not seen Dalton Castle, you need to Google him and see what, what's up. Uh, you gotta see him, see him in his act in motion. Don't just read about it. You gotta find some of his matches and and mm-hmm. see it. He is, yeah. he's good in the ring, but he's also a blast to watch. He has quite the act, and uh, makes visible comments and noises throughout the match that only add to it. And he is he is he's something else. I love him.
1: At the very least, watch his entrance, <laughs> if nothing else.
0: It's but, it's something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um up next, Ring of Honor Pure Champion Wheeler Yuta came out, talked about how he's no longer a rookie, he's a champion. He then put out an open challenge for next week's show. Out came Timothy Thatcher to accept his challenge. So we have Wheeler Yuta versus Timothy Thatcher for March 9th. It was not said if it was going to, I don't think so. It it was not said if it was going to be a pure title match or not. We then have a promo uh, about Samoa Joe coming next week, March 9th. I think they said uh, Samoa Joe. Uh, I mentioned his opponent earlier. Um, what was his name? Tony Deppen, And what is sure to be a Samoa Joe victory. I will be shocked if I'm wrong there. Up next, we had uh, the second of two women's matches we had a Willow Nightingale versus Lady Frost and Willow Nightingale is the face here and man was she annoying she has this gimmick where she dances around and she's just so full of energy and uh and she's she's making all these uh, noises before and after her moves and just dancing around like a spastic, and you just want to sit her, sit her down, and give her some Ritalin or something, get her to calm the fuck down and stop annoying you. It was like if a nine-year-old child had a grown woman's body, just thoroughly annoyed, annoyed the shit out of me. Uh, I can tell. <laughs> Lady Lady Frost was a heel in this match. Uh, at one point, she hit a uh, had a perfect what was called a frostbite moonsault, They called it. Uh, just her name for her moon salt, but it, I made a note it was it was a nice move uh this one uh Willow Nightingale unfortunately came out with the win and uh, it was a a gut wrench uh, suplex turned into a turned into a sit out power bomb for the pinfall uh, this match the work in it was was pretty good, although Willow Nightingale uh annoyed me uh gave it. Three and a half bones out of five. And you know what? I'm going to subtract a bone just out of uh, malice. (laughs) Uh, So post-match, Willow Nightingale said it's time for her to challenge Athena for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Uh, Athena then came out and accepted. She said, Willow Nightingale is nothing but porcelain. She then said, I'll see you next week, porcelain. I thought that was pretty fun. So we've got a number of matches made for next week. Now we uh, uh, are going to get Kay's opinion on that match.
1: Um, so, uh, yeah, I agree with you about Willow. Maybe I wasn't quite as annoyed as you apparently were. But um, yeah, her character needs work. It's like she's she's almost doing the, like,
0: Too much. chipper,
1: peppy, like, original Bailey kind of character. But, like, to the max. Like,
0: yeah.
1: um I thought she had an impressive body slam uh, early on in the match.
0: She wasn't a bad wrestler. Yeah, yeah. She was just just annoying. annoying. Yeah, Um,
1: There was a... I I used the word terrible three times. Terrible, terrible, terrible head scissors from Lady Frost. Like, Mm. the worst head scissors I have ever seen. And Willow still sold it, and I can't believe she sold it because... Mm. It was just awful. It was one of the worst moves I've seen on television in a I long see. time. Okay. Um, I also had a note about the great Frost, Frostbite Moon, Moon Salt uh, from Lady Frost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my only other note is Willow needs to work on her selling, especially if she's going to have a title match because mm-hmm. it was cartoony at times. And maybe part of that is because of her like over the top bubbly character. that like, I mean, she's kind of cartoonish all the time. But her selling was, like, goofy at times.
0: I think I think I can agree with you, yeah.
1: But those are my thoughts.
0: Uh, so, up next, uh, we have our Ring of Honor World Championship match for our main event. But first, I just want out- to outline some of the matches coming up March 9th. Uh, we have Athena defending the Women's Championship against Willow Nightingale. Samoa Joe versus Tony Deppen. Dalton Castle will be in action. I'm not sure if it'll be a six-man involving the boys. It just said Dalton Castle next week. Uh, And then also, uh, Aussie Open versus... Let me find their names again. Aussie Open versus... Rhett Titus, and Tracy Williams. And those are the matches we have for the March 9th Ring of Honor. Look forward to it. Uh, So now to our main event. Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castagnoli of the Blackpool Combat Club defending against A.R. Fox. Uh, Claudio beat the shit out of him. And Fox's selling was very good. Uh, At one point in this match, Cesaro hit the big swing. I love that move. (laughs) Uh, If you've not seen it, Cesaro grabs his opponent by uh, the legs, uh, at the feet, really. And it's just what it sounds like. He swings him around. And I I don't think I'd ever seen one like the one he did to A.R. Fox. Mm -hmm. He was going so fast with A.R. Fox. And it looked just beautiful. He was just standing in the center of the ring going pretty much in a perfect circle.
1: Aero Fox is pretty slender. I wonder if that, that has to do with why he was able to do it so quickly. And- oh sure,
0: yeah. And right. And he just uh that's a that's a great move. It's just it's so fun. I believe I heard when Cesaro was in WWE... oh uh, well, when Claudio was in WWE as Cesaro uh, at one point, uh, he was a heel and he was lower in the card, and I believe he was told that he had to stop doing the big swing because he was getting over too much. That's how good this move is. Uh, so I love that move. Uh, Ar Fox uh, countered with a uh, with a great four hundred and fifty splash on Claudio Castagnoli. This match ended when Ar Fox came off the ropes and got caught with a heavy European uppercut by Castagnoli. Uh, that gave Castagnoli the pinfall right after that. This was a was a hard-hitting match. Uh, as I said, good selling by A.R. Fox. Excellent offense on the part of both men. Just a solid main event for the first Ring of Honor show. Uh, four and a half bones out of five. After the match, uh, well... I'll get Kay's thoughts on uh, on the match, and then we'll, we'll tell you what happened after the match.
1: It won't take long, because my thoughts are brief. My one and only note is, A.R. Fox is so damn good that I don't want to look away to take notes, and I didn't. That's my only note. That's, uh, I loved this match. I love A.R. Fox. I love Cesaro. Love fox. Claudio Fark. Castagnoli. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's your fault, because you mentioned his his old name. Yeah. So it got in my head. But yes, uh, Claudio Castagnoli. Um, I love A.R. F- fox more. Um so I was bummed that he didn't win, especially after that story about how he had been rejected or not called back uh ten years ago. I thought maybe that meant that he was gonna they were gonna complete the story with him getting the Would have been cool to see. Yeah. Would have been cool Um, to see. But uh yeah, it was a super fun match. It was a great way to end end the card. Um this pay per view or not pay per view, this
0: it and was so good. It, it felt, so good. felt like it a pay per view. It was a great it show.
1: Was great. It was it was really just a wonderful show.
0: It was a great show.
1: And like you said, like I'm I don't like to spend money, but uh I feel like we got our ten dollars worth already just in this one episode.
0: hmm Yeah, yeah. As I said, if you're a wrestling fan, if you got ten bucks to spend, get the honor club. You will you will thank me and you will thank them for it. Uh if it's as good as this first week. I think we have a lot of good to look forward to. Uh, So what did happen after the pinfall? Well, Eddie Kingston's music hits. uh, AEW star Eddie Kingston, who uh, allegedly, in the storyline at least, quit AEW on Wednesday. And here he was, uh, Thursday, March 2nd, was on Ring of Honor. His music hit, he came out and challenged Claudio Castagnoli for the belt. But Claudio would not accept and that is how we ended. So we're going to see Eddie Kingston no doubt badger the hell out of Claudio <laughs> Castagnoli until he does get a world title shot. And I look forward to seeing how he does that. Um, but yeah, at risk of sounding like a broken record, this was a terrific show. Uh, this was this was probably the best wrestling show on on television last week uh the second best uh show of the week behind the AEW uh Revolution pay-per-view um just a very good show pretty pretty much from top to bottom only a couple negatives that that I that I mentioned here for the whole show and uh it has a good mix of seasoned wrestlers along with some some newer faces Some people I'd never heard of before, never seen before. So I look forward to finding out more about this iteration of Ring of Honor. And uh, we're going to see some of these faces again March 9th. And we're going to see some new faces on March 9th as well. So I'm I'm curious how many people they're going to be using for uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, how big the roster will will grow to, and how regularly we will see people on this once a week show. So that remains to be seen.
1: I know what else remains to be seen. Your wrestler with the best moonsault. You said you were going to circle back to it at the end, and it is now the end. So I need I need a, an answer. Who's who's got the best moonsault? Putting you on the spot.
0: I am. I tell you what, I'm going to go might not be a popular choice, but I'm going to go with uh Chris Jericho and his Lion Salt. Uh combination of not only it being a good looking move, but also uh the countless victories it's given to him throughout the years, so it also has a place in history as belonging to one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Um, that that bumps it up a little for me. So yeah, I'm going to go with Chris Jericho and his Lion Salt. Cool. So on that note, uh, this is Asa signing off for No Bones About Wrestling, also signing off for K, And uh, we'll be back with you very soon. And uh, as Mick Foley would say, have a nice day. Bye.